0: At some point in our lives, we find ourselves in a toxic situation, a job, relationship, or a family dynamic. I'm Chester Elton, and this is my co-author and dear friend, Adrian Gostick.
1: Well, thanks, Chess. Yeah, when we're in these toxic situations, you know, far too often we suppress our feelings until something explosive happens. We've probably all been there. Well, our guest today is going to provide a set of strategies for understanding our emotions and responding in a healthy manner as always we hope the time you spend with us will help remove the stigma of anxiety and mental health in the workplace and your personal life
0: and with us is our new friend dr alex wills md who is a board certified psychiatrist He's the owner of Perma Mental Health, a private psychiatric practice. Alex's clinical days are spent using the Radical Emotional Acceptance Method to help patients heal from issues ranging from traumas to interpersonal struggles in their marriages. His new book, I Give an F, Fill in the Blank, actually from, uh, I, I Give an F Actually is the title of the book, from Simon Schuster is based on that experience. Welcome to the show, Alex. We're delighted to have you with us today.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. And um, yeah, it's uh, called Give a F Actually, um, officially being released uh, this month. So it's exciting. Oh, That's great. Exciting. Sell yeah. a million.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we published with Simon & Schuster for many years, and you're in good hands there. And so, okay, tell us a little bit about this idea, because most of us, I don't think, are very good at identifying our emotions. We all have emotions, but maybe not as good as picking out what we're feeling. When we get cut off in traffic, we're not going, hmm, what am I feeling? It just comes to the surface. So how do we get better at identifying emotions and then listening to what we're feeling?
2: In a lot of the self-help stuff out there and in my clinical practice, I noticed that there was this agenda to fix emotions or work through emotions, um, somehow manage emotions such as anxiety, fear, sadness, hate, or those other unpleasant emotions. And you know, through, through my work with some of the newer um, modalities of psychotherapy, I started to discover that, wait a minute, what if emotions are not the problem? And we've been kind of looking at this whole thing wrong. And that kind of led me towards uh, this new approach.
0: Interesting. You know, you talk about accepting the emotions, uh, working with not against, which is kind of what we've been talking about here for a second. How, How do you go through that process?
2: Yeah, um, you know, we we typically don't want to have a unpleasant emotion. We don't wake up in the morning <laughs> thinking, "You know, I want to get really angry today or I want to be so nervous that I can't, you know, do my job at work." <laughs> so it's very counterintuitive. <laughs> so so
0: what what you're what, what you're saying, Dr. Alex, is if you're if you're making, you know, goals or resolutions, don't make those your resolutions. Don't plan to be angry or anxious. That's a great tip. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that.
2: Right, right. So so to actually paradoxically um, accept them and in a way to invite them, it's, it kind of flies in the face of logic, which is why we usually don't do that. However, if we can see that these emotions are trying to help us and be curious about them instead of trying to fix them, uh, it can lead us in a better pathway, I argue.
1: So, so walk us through one of these then. Okay, so say... You know, I am jealous. I, mean, I look at Chester. He's just so darn handsome. I'm, I'm jealous. I'm, I, it's boiling inside of me. You know, it's picking a really tough emotion. Um, how do we deal with that then? I mean, okay, so how do I help that? How does that help emotion trying to help me?
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the question that um, we should be asking ourselves. You know, and and notice how we just kind of tend to use the language of how do I deal with that? How do I deal with this unpleasant um, emotion, uh, this example of jealousy? So, you know, getting curious about it, first of all, thinking emotions, you know, we didn't like wake up deciding to pick what emotions we're going to have. They sort of happen to us and they're giving us what I call in the book emotional data. trying to figure out what what is the deeper truth about my relationship here with my friend, with society, and uh, what valuable priceless information and wisdom can I glean from this in order to make the best decisions going forward? What if this painful and annoying emotion of jealousy wasn't just there to torment me? What if it's telling me something about myself and about my environment?
0: So you're just collecting data using your emotion as that... Is that baseline? Did I get that right?
2: Yeah, you know, um, I use I use the analogy of color. Um, You know, we don't walk around deciding which colors we're going to see and perceive and which colors are good and bad. Yet we do that all day long with emotions. But I think of (laughs) emotions as our sixth sense. It's just a new kind of data that we're getting to better inform our reality so we can make those best decisions.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, we talked about in the intro that radical emotional acceptance uh, method. Can you walk walk us through that? How does how does that work?
2: Right. the The subtitle of the book is to reclaim yourself with the five steps of radical emotional acceptance. The main goal of that is to make make peace and come back to a state of uh, peace with your own emotional reality. Um, very briefly, the five steps. We start with uh, drop the F-shield. Um, you know, The F-bomb is used to denote these painful um, <laughs> or unwanted emotions we typically have. Um, a shield emotion is something that we can kind of use as a defense mechanism or to cover up um, underlying more painful or unpleasant emotions. Which brings us to step number two, name the F. Let's just go ahead and list out the different unpleasant emotions that we're having right now. Step three is to listen to the F. What's the wisdom with curiosity? Can we figure out what these emotions are telling us? How can we use this emotional data to make the best of things? Um, and then we get into step four, which is to act uh, on the F or to not act. Sometimes we don't actually need to do anything once we kind of come back to a state of peace. And my, fi- my favorite step number five is uh, thank the F. Or find that true gratitude for the emotion. See how this painful emotion is actually there to serve us.
1: Well, we love that idea, you know, bringing the gratitude in here. To to be grateful, even when we're feeling, as you say, sometimes emotions that might be termed more negative, we're, we're thinking... Uh, ourselves for for feeling that. But I, I think we spend a lot of times beating ourselves up for feeling certain ways, feeling certain emotions. You know, why do I always get mad or why do I always, you know, feel jealous or anger or upset, etc. So how do, how do we start thinking about that voice in our heads and, and trying to maybe reframe it to be more a little bit more positive?
2: And I find that's where people usually get stuck is we're trying to fix the emotions or control them in some way, like I'm not gonna be angry today. I'm gonna be positive all day. I'm just gonna think happy thoughts. I'm not gonna be nervous today. I'm gonna be confident. But then we we're basically picking a battle with ourselves, with reality. It's like going outside and telling ourselves, "I'm not gonna see the color red today." You know, red doesn't exist. I'm gonna have a red-free day. My day is gonna be nothing but yellow and blue. It, it just you know we're basically gaslighting ourselves by trying to control these emotions. I um, like to define emotions as those pure, visceral sensations that we get in our body. They happen to us. We really have no say over them. They may be some kind of physical sensation. They may be kind of a, a mental feeling or state. And I define feelings as an emotion plus a story. Now, the story is often toxic, maladaptive, not true. And so we want to disbelieve these stories that are not helpful. And we want to still validate whatever the emotion is underneath.
0: So this inner voice, you know, we often talk about making your inner voice your friend. Does that mesh into this uh, where you, you say, look, I'm going to embrace those emotions. I'm also going to be kind to myself. Is that kind of where you're going?
2: Yeah, yeah. You, you can um, validate your emotions all day long and also you know, be kind to yourself. Um, You can choose sort of the story that you want to believe, um, you know, to make the most sense of your personal truth. Uh, The problem is, is when we start to think that these negative or I don't even use the term negative emotions, but these so-called negative emotions um, are somehow evidence that our story is true. Um, For example, we feel very sad today. So, well, I'm a loser and uh, it's proven because I feel sad or you might feel let down or disappointed. And so that starts to prove, you know, your story that you really are worthless or or whatever this um, negative belief or untrue belief might be.
1: How can people learn more about your work, Alex? Where, Where would you point them?
2: uh radical emotional acceptance.com is kind of the hub where it has uh all of the information about the book and my team put together a little merch store so people can buy the uh emotionally woke hoodies and cell phone covers and all that jazz <laughs> i love it I love
0: it. That's you great. know what it's all about the swag it's oh, all yeah. about the swag come on <laughs> we love let's the swag.
1: okay let's let's talk about the workplace this is a podcast called anxiety at work so you know a lot of people who listen are leaders so how do they take some of the work that you're doing here and build a workplace where people feel maybe more able to share and process their emotions is that a manager's job can a leader help with this et cetera?
2: right well you know um in my own um company i've been going through a very difficult time lately and i've been experiencing quite a lot of uh, fear and anxiety because of some situations um, I try to be an example, um, you know, for my employees as well. And the image that comes to mind is: imagine that you're surfing this uh, big tsunami of fear. Uh, but instead of saying, "I gotta make this wave smaller," "I gotta fix this wave," "I gotta somehow make this wave go away," I, I need calm waters. You know, if you did that while you're surfing, you're gonna basically end up crashing. It's not gonna be very pretty. So instead, just being aware that, hey there is a giant wave of fear right now and my job is to surf it and to try to be at peace surfing this wave as long as it lasts so i try to always use those emotions as a, as a positive to you know be curious about where they might be taking us
0: you know as you're talking uh, dr alex i i keep coming back to this idea that Being able to leverage your emotions as opposed to try to fix them and so on, it's all about gaining that self-confidence, isn't it? You know, as you talk about fear and anxiety, it takes away your confidence. It takes away your ability to feel good about what you're doing. So talk to me a little bit about that building of confidence through this this system that you've got. and, And am I correct in assuming that that's what we're trying to build? When you take away fear and anxiety, you build confidence, right?
2: Yeah. You know, um, when we define uh, fear and anxiety as a problem or a bad thing that we have to fix or work through or manage, then we've already created a problem in the first place. And that completely destroys our sense of confidence. Like, oh, I must not be a very confident person because I still have this fear. Um, While I would argue that Uh, A confident person might have the highest amount of fear. However, they're aware of it and they're still choosing to, you know, behave um, in the way that they want to.
0: Excellent. And, you know, one one last thing here. You know we've got a lot of managers and leaders that listen to our podcast and and we've been managers and leaders in our careers right and sometimes we're not the most sensitive to when the situation is becoming toxic right the team knows before we know so what are some of the signs that things are coming off the rails so that managers can maybe get a jump on on the anxiety and the fear
2: yeah you know um coming back to that sixth sense uh even when i'm not sure Uh, what's going on. Um, I can sort of, you know, tell by the way employees are speaking, you know, to me, um, by the way they're behaving, even, you know, they're changing the frequency of their emails and their responsiveness or whatever it is. And so even though I have no, you know, actual understanding of the, the exact situation that's going on, uh, my my guts telling me something. My my emotions are starting to go haywire. I'm like, this isn't like her. She she doesn't usually behave like this. There's there's something up. I'm noticing. I'm having some uh, anticipatory anxiety, and so you know, becoming curious about that can lead you to step four, which is to act and maybe ask some questions and to to try to dig in and see what's going on.
1: Well, I wanna I wanna kind of go back to this idea of toxicity, because I think a lot of people find themselves in, in toxic situations, but they get stuck in there. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's a family member. So, you know, you divorce yourself from your family, maybe it's you know, a work situation. So, so how do we know, you know, what are the kind of the clues that a situation is becoming toxic? And then, you know, what, what do we do about that when we do find ourselves in those situations?
2: You know, working with patients, um, without that emotional wisdom component, without that emotional data, um, it's often impossible or very difficult for them to even see that they are in a toxic situation, such as an abusive relationship. Uh, They've been gaslighting themselves and telling themselves to just be positive and everything is going to be okay for so long that they can't see the reality of how Um, how horrible the relationship has gotten and so by tuning in to the emotions uh, my main job is to help patients um, and clients tune in to their own emotional compass and once they um, have eyes to see with their sixth sense and can identify for themselves that hey this relationship this situation is quote-unquote toxic and then uh, they they're empowered to decide to do something about it or not and they usually don't need my help at that point they're usually um, capable intelligent they know what to do they, they know how to get into the car and drive to the shelter to get safety from this person if they need to um, but you know giving themselves their emotional self back is really the missing ingredient that people need
0: you know, so interesting, giving your emotional self back, you know, because it, it, is, it, it is always hard for us to say, yeah, I'm going to give up on this relationship, right? And the old analogy of, you know, you boil the frog, you know, frogs will jump out of a boiling pot of water, but heat it up slowly. And that's really what happens in a toxic relationship, isn't it? It's, it's not a bam, it hit, because when that happens, it's, it's obvious that you should get out. It's that slow boil and, and so it's really, I, I hope our listeners are, are, are taking note here that, you know, get a hold of that, collect those data points, take a step back and say, hey, I started here, but the data has taken me here. I'm in a toxic relationship. I got to get out of here.
1: Well, well, and I think Alex is saying, too, there are times you may not get out of it. Maybe your mom is toxic to you, but you're just going you yeah. to mom? No. But so he's saying, which I think is really wise, choose to act or not.
0: Right, right. Or not. Yeah. I don't know. I know lots of people that have stopped calling their moms. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great. Well, listen, we're always interested in um, self-care tactics of successful people, and certainly you're in that category. So can you walk us through a couple of practices you found personally that that help you thrive?
2: Yeah. You you know, everybody encourages gratitude journaling. Um, When I was in my training, it's like, yeah, you got to teach your patients to do a gratitude journal every day. And um, I, I practiced it myself. But in the back of my mind, I was always like, this is BS. You know, you're sitting there. <laughs> I'm so thankful for the sun. I'm so thankful for oxygen in my lungs. And it's like, yeah, I know. Like, I, 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 I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Um, But the great epiphany for me was when um, I thought about having gratitude for your problems. And then I eventually applied that to, you know, these uh, negative emotions or these difficult emotions. And so one practice is to, you know, do the gratitude journaling, but don't waste time, you know, writing down things you already know you're thankful for, but spend your time curiously and creatively trying to find gratitude for problems, for difficult emotions. And that brings you back to peace um, in reality, you know, very quickly.
0: You know, it's so interesting that you mentioned that. I've I've kept a gratitude journal for a long time, and I've gone through that same emotion. I I can't say I'm thankful for this guy. I'm pretty sure it's going to be there tomorrow, you know. Uh, One thing that I've added to my gratitude journal is what did I learn today? And almost always, it's it's you've learned from a difficult situation, right? Or you've learned from an experience you've had. I, I really appreciate your adding that on because gratitude journals can be really foofy. And they can also be really helpful if you do it right. And so I appreciate that input. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, this has been such a great conversation today. Really deep insights,
1: Alex. So um, if you wanted our listeners to take away a couple of big things from from your work um, and you had, to, you know, we had the elevator ride down to the first floor, uh, what would you tell us?
2: Yeah, you know, simply just ask yourself, what if my emotions weren't the problem? What then? Then that opens up the door to a lot of really deep curiosity, um, self-discovery, Um and, and you, you can start your journey down the rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anything else?
2: Um, you know, there's so much. I don't know where to go. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's really um, the gist of it. You guys um, had some really great, uh, great questions, and um, I, I'm excited to see, you know, how it kind of goes over with everyone.
1: No, it'll, it's, it's going to be really, our, our listeners, I think will really appreciate your insight. So, so Dr. Alice Wills, we want to appreciate you for coming on and challenging our thinking. This has been great. And uh, we wish you the best of luck with the new book, which is called Give an F Actually, from Simon <laughs> & Schuster out January 2023. And good luck with the book, Alex. And thanks for being on today with us. Thanks so much. Dr. Alex Wills, some really deep uh, thinking here, because how often do we talk about this? We've got to fix our emotions because they're unpleasant, you know, whether you're anxious, whether you're angry, whether you're, you know, slap a smile on it. And he's telling us, look, emotions aren't the problem. They're giving us clues. And they're trying to help me. What a what a good what a good way to think about things.
0: Yeah, I- interesting that you're dealing with emotions and you're trying to take the emotion out of it, right? Yeah. And say, look, look at your emotion as data points. I thought that was really interesting. What are the data points telling you? What can you learn from that? As opposed to, you know, that negative self talk that, well, I'm a loser. And here's the evidence, right? And rather than taking the data points and saying, here's what I'm learning, here's the evidence that, yes, I'm miserable, I'm a loser, mm-hmm. and I might as well just go back to bed, right?
1: Well, and the idea, too, kind of a, almost akin to seeing color, is that, you know, I'm, I'm going to choose not to see yellow or blue today. No, you can't do that. Well, we're fighting with our natures to say, I am not going to feel... Angry, jealous, insecure, (laughs) whatever we feel normally that are so-called negative emotions. Instead, are we digging below these to say, okay, why am I feeling this way? Um, I think that's some really powerful
0: thinking. Yeah, he used one of my favorite words, you know, curiosity. Mm -hmm. I get curious about your emotions, you know, and the idea of the gratitude journal uh, made me laugh. You know, we've talked about producing our own gratitude journal that. Oh, here it goes. You know, he's going to talk us out of it. And yet when he when he got deeper, he said, don't be grateful for the kind of foofy things that, you know, are going to be there. Be grateful for those emotional problems. What did it teach you? What are you learning from that? Yeah. And, and you know, we, we talk about this all the time, you know, that we learn more from our mistakes. We learn more from hard times than we, we do good times. And I thought that was a great takeaway for me. It is.
1: You know, and, and you know, Alex is a scientist, right? He's a, he's a psychiatrist, so he's got his medical degree, but he's done many, many hours of organic chemistry and physics and all these right. things. And so he's a little bit of a cynic. And so somebody told him, write a gratitude journal. <laughs> he's thinking, that's the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> no, right? yeah, and yeah. so he found a way to push him. Now, I want to come to the working world because he talked a little bit about what managers can do and what we can do in the workplace. And as he started describing his situation and some health issues he's going through, first and foremost, I noticed he was very vulnerable. He's telling his people, hey, I'm going through some hard stuff right now. Secondly, he's saying, "Um, look, the work world is always rough waters. He says, we're surfers. We're going to be, our jobs are to surf the waves, not to want this waves to go away. Um, and I thought that was a good way of looking at things as well.
0: And, and then he said, you know, and it was an, an emotional trigger, right? Uh, your gut is going to tell you something's not right. Mm-hmm. So be curious about that and figure it out. Like, this is not the way you normally, ask. something's off. And if something's off, be curious and, and figure it out. Because, you know, as we well know, The team often will understand that something's going wrong long before you will because you're busy being the boss. You know, you're busy solving the problems, right? And and, and I loved, again, coming back to that curiosity. Something's off. That's an emotion. Explore that. Dig deep. What's it telling you?
1: Right. Uh, you know, a couple of last things, you know, just being grateful for our problems because that, you know, as we we kind of look at, you know, the tough things we've gone through in our lives, I think we've learned more for those tough things than we have maybe the good things as well. And the last thing was this idea of choosing to act versus mm-hmm. not. And, and that's profound because there are some, but at least we are aware when all of a sudden we realize, and you know, we talked about. You know, we, we gaslight ourselves, that we don't see kind of sometimes the things that are going on. And you you talked about the toad in the pot and that sometimes we, we don't realize that we're in this kind of negative, toxic space. But when we pull ourselves out and we start to see kind of what's going on, get this emotional data, That we may decide, look, I've got to stay because maybe it's my boss and, you know, whatever it is. Or maybe, like we said, it's mom and (laughs) she's not going to change at 93 um, or whatever it is, right? But at least we can make that choice to, to,
0: uh, to, we're empowered to do something or not. Yeah, my last takeaway is really that inner voice piece, which I... Struggle with myself, right, is uh, choose your story. You can choose your story, right? You you don't let the story happen to you. And that inner voice, I'm only going to think happy thoughts today. Well, that's probably a little Pollyanna. (laughs) Uh, And my last one on gratitude as well is thank the F, fill in the blank, right? Thank it. Thank that. Because that's what's going to help build you up and and be a little better. Fascinating stuff. Um, His book The title is, again, and say it carefully, Adrian, but it's uh, (laughs) Give an F Actually, you know, How to Deal with Stress and Anxiety, available at fine bookstores everywhere, and of course his website that he gave us as well. I'm sure it's well worth the read. That's right. Very edgy. Very
1: edgy. So, a yeah. uh, very edgy title. Okay, big thanks to our producer, Brent Klein, who who takes all of what we uh, do here and makes it uh, coherent. To Christy Lawrence, who helps us find amazing guests like Alex. And to all of you who listened in, we are grateful for you.
0: Yeah, and if you like the podcast, you know, share it with your friends and family if it can be of help to them. And, you know, uh, visit us at thecultureworks.com for some free resources to help you and your team build a culture that will thrive and then never forget Adrian in particular is a spectacular speaker for a conference you might have. And if he's not available, I will be. (laughs) We love to speak at conferences live and uh, virtually on culture, leadership, anxiety at work, and of course, how to lead with gratitude. Adrian,
1: what did well, I miss? Oh, well, buy the book "Anxiety at Work" oh, and yeah, uh, that will help uh, with a lot of these issues. And we want to thank you for uh, for allowing us to uh, come into your ears today, as we uh, as we share some ideas. And you know, please join us again. Come to thecultureworks.com for free resources. And until next time, we wish you the best of mental health.